say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Psychology Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Dr. Scott Hoy, clinical psychologist, and Kyle Miller, licensed counselor. Psychology Talk is a unique conversation about psychology around the globe. We speak with psychology experts to keep you informed about current issues and trends. We advocate toward reducing stigma and educate about mental health. While you're listening, Please take a moment to give us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or your favorite streaming service. It helps us to continue providing you with quality programming. And now, enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Scott Hoy. Today on the Psychology Talk podcast, my guest is David Niven. David held positions for many years in safeguarding children, working with many agencies, including Interpol. He was the national chair of the British Association of Social Workers. David runs the Social World podcast. He's based in the United Kingdom. Today, we will be discussing his work in stopping human trafficking and slavery, as well as his podcast, which is dedicated to this subject. Hello, and welcome to the show, David. Uh, so, David, you are a social worker. Are you semi-retired, retired? Well, you, you, semi, semi-retired, three-quarters retired. Three-quarters retired in the UK. Yeah. Spent, I, I guess you spent in most, the, of, most of yeah, your time in, in London born and raised in Glasgow, you're a Glaswegian, is that what, what we'd say? But, but I, I did 10 time? years in London, okay. and then, and then um, oh, about 20 or 30 years, well, based in um, southwest England, near Bristol and Somerset. Okay, okay, excellent. So, which is where I am now. Okay, and, and primarily the reason you're on the show is because you have a great podcast called the Social World Podcast. And uh, which I guess is in a kind of an extension of um, uh, public service, correct? Informing people mostly about uh, human trafficking, correct? You've worked in this well, area no, quite that, a bit. That's just recent. That's quite recent. Human trafficking, ah. slave-free trade, um, and also like I, I'm doing some work now with missing children in Europe. Mm. Um, you know, I, and um, I, I want to now concentrate on some of the more global issues and. When I was actually still working um, back in the day, I did work with Interpol on um, sex tourism. 
Okay. In in particular, uh, like in Asia, in in yeah, in, Pacific okay. Rim, Pacific Rim, um, Sri Lanka, Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, mm-hmm. around that way, and um, you know, anyway. So that was when I was. Um, well, you call it president, we call it chairman of the, the, the British Association of Social Workers. I, I, I was the the national chairman. Ah, okay, right, 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 and that was uh, a couple of years ago, a long time ago, long time ago, twenty twenty some twenty years ago. <laughs> just the other day, I was that chairman. Yeah, just the other day. Uh, so, uh, but but currently, it seems like you're working uh, in this area of human trafficking, human slavery and mm. sex trafficking. So I thought it would be good to have you on the store, show to talk to you about that and uh, in, inform the implications of that for people. Uh, mm. Statistically, what are, what are the statistics? Because I know it comes here and there and about in the media. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very terrible situation for, that a lot of people who are poor find themselves in. But what can you tell us about the statistics worldwide, globally, what's okay. going on with them? Well, let me um, help you. I, um, I, I think there's a lot of factors that you have to consider with um, human trafficking um, as to what causes it. Obviously, greed and, um, um, and also um, kind of organized crime play a big part in it because there's a great deal of money to be made in that kind of thing. And so just like drugs, just like anything else, human beings are quite a commodity. But it also is to do with poverty. It also to do with uh, north-south oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also to do with, oh, how can I say, a whole, a whole load of issues like, um, how can I put it, money, drugs, um, the way that little brown children or women are created are considered to be subhuman compared to white children. Um, it also sort of feeds into issues to do with um, prostitution. It feeds into do with um, you know, prostitution, drugs, and any of the other big money issues. The global big money issues. Human trafficking is a byproduct of that. And so, you know, women, tens of thousands of women and children get trafficked from third world countries to first world countries. And there's a hell of a market still. And um, the the latest one that I, I, I kind of listened in on is a very good initiative. It's called Human Trafficking, Follow the Money. Uh, so, you know, um, they're starting training big financial institutions, their frontline staff, to recognize aberrations, if you like, in terms of contact with, with customers, where they can spot unusual transactions, they can spot people in particular situations, like whether it's women or whether it's whatever, who, you know, for example, people who are regularly paying rent that, that, but it doesn't come from them, whereas there's there's a whole, you know, like 20 women in one house. You know, there's a whole range of things like front row bank. You want to look at ATII. I'll, I'll give you an anti-human trafficking intelligence initiative. It's the Team ATII. That, you can find that AT, at 
Team ATII. Okay. That's a really good one. Um, and there's stuff out on the deep web um, that corpor- and corporations, some of them deliberately ignore or don't take seriously the sexual grooming of children on the platforms. Correct. Yeah. The corporations, you know, um, it, it, it's it's an enormous, an enormous issue. I'm sorry, I'm not being very here. It's just that I'm I'm struggling really to focus now. The one I got more interest in recently, which is all to do with the same, is to do with slave free trade. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, can you, I, can you yeah define I, well, that? It's what you wear and what you eat. The chances are that some of it has been created by um, child slavery. Mm. Uh, and there's tens and tens of thousands of children. For example, I had a good long conversation with a, a, a guy who used to be an Australian federal agent whose uh, area was the Pacific Rim. And he's now in Sweden, and he's now started um, Slave Free Trade uh, 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 International, um, and he was telling me stories about in Thailand, for example. You know how you go down to the supermarket, your supermarket, and buy maybe a packet of prawns mm-hmm. that would come from, say, Thailand. Mm-hmm. Well, some of them are they send eleven and twelve year old boys out on the water to collect them out to sea and collect them, you know, and bring them home. And then at the end of the season, they just kill the children and push them overboard. Or then your other things you're talking about, because there's, there's no profit in keeping the kids out. And then other things are, for example, in, in India, the sweatshops, the clothing sweatshops in the back alleys, in the back streets where they pay the children maybe the equivalent of, oh, I don't know, 50 cents a day or something ridiculous. And they make all the clothes, lots of the clothes that we buy in our uh, clothing stores, especially the cheap shops. You know, the T-shirts and the, the, the shirts and the trousers and all that. Most, much of them, if you see if they come from Bangladesh or they come from India or they come from Pakistan or they come from wherever in, in that region, probably were in sweatshops. Okay, and that's slave-free trade, which yes. is basically, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how much the, am I wearing that has been... Yeah, yeah. Also, look into the guy. If you look up slave free trade on the internet, and and the guy, I in fact, you can look back at my podcasts because I've got like a guy, Brian Islin, I S E L I N. He's the guy in Sweden, and I see who I did the interview with. Mm -hmm. He's a very interesting kind of guy, Uh, and he also talked about a big success he had recently with uh, coffee growers in South America. Um, because um, a lot of them uh, were using slave labor. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, and, and I know that um, there's a whole free yeah. trade coffee thing that's been going on yeah. for some time, yeah. like I think even since like the 80s or 90s of the last century. Um, wow, yeah, this is this is huge. Uh, so that that's something that probably affects people uh, and they are aiding and abetting it unbeknownst to them. Absolutely. Globally, globally. Especially, I guess, in the more wealthy countries or in wealthy regions of 
all countries. Uh, you did mention this idea, and I've heard it uh, mentioned too. It's not it's not as big of a concept here in the states, but I, a colleague of mine in Europe has mentioned this north south uh, mm. uh, mm. issue. And maybe you can speak a little bit more to that the the differential okay. between north and south. Yeah. Absolutely, Scott, because it fits too. And but but even if you think about it, that the North is marginally probably better off in some respects than others in terms of how we treat our children, because we've got more sanctions on people and more kind of um, accountability, you know, within the kind of the, the political systems. But I'm doing some work now with missing children Europe. And a, a couple of podcasts I've done with their secretary general, who's based in Brussels. Mm. And there's a, each year, there's at least a quarter of a million children go missing in Europe. Um, I'm sure the figure is huge in North America as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, it, it's like, yeah, there's the runaways from the care system, you know, from, from kids that get, you know, have to be taken into care. But there's also throwaways. There's also um, a growing trend for non-custodial parents to snatch children and to, to do it very, very sophisticatedly, you know, the very um, to engage gangs to do it for them and so on. And, you know, you, you've got an enormous problem there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm going to work with them to, to work some courses up on. I did with the police in the UK. I, I worked up some courses and we did some places, child abduction policies for, for um, institutions, mm. you know, like, um, well, I don't know, like science fairs where kids go from school trips, you know, things like that. Or, you know, all, all places where there are vulnerabilities if people aren't aware of it. And, and, who, and are, the, the, who are the abductors in this case? Is is it a variety well, of people? Well, you can get people, right. On one level, you get the smaller number that are maybe the opportunists who are just uh, addicted to um, sexually abusing children or, you know, whatever. But the bulk of them are um, non-custodial parents, etc. now who want to snatch children opportunistically, who are possibly, who haven't got any legal right to do so because they've either been um, sanctioned by the court or they've been, um, you know, just refused by the partner and, and legally refused. And so literally they look for where the child will be. Now, that could be school or it could be church, it could be hospital or it could be on a school trip. Um and so you need to make these places more secure and more aware and train the staff to have proper policies, a bit like fire safety. You know, like, what do you do if there's a fire? OK, what do you do if a child goes missing? How many minutes do you wait? You know, that kind of thing. So I think that's quite something I, 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 I would want to pursue and develop. And if I could do it with missing children, who they're a kind of coordinating body that, coordinate their opposite numbers in about 26 countries. And I'd love to do that because it just fits everything I've kind of worked for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm galloping a bit, but then I'm nearly 150 years old, so I've got a little bit of a neck. <laughs> well, you, you don't so, look a day over 25, David. So oh, thank you, Scott. Doing, thank you. You, you well. can come to my party. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, okay. So, 
so what are the initiatives? You did mention, I believe it was the ATII. That's an yeah. initiative to, to stop this, this process, right? Or one of these, these areas. Mm. Well, um, they are, their mission, as they say, is to combat global human trafficking by leveraging corporate social responsibilities. Okay. Which would be, what, what do they call that here in the States? I think that would be environmental, social, and governance, the ESG. Yeah, that, that would fit. That would fit. You yeah. know, like uh, advocacy, awareness, um, technology advancement, and, and, you know, the more kind of um, understanding of the data because, you know, often people collect lots of good data, but not enough people can read it, if you see what I mean, you know, that, that right. kind of, or, or interpret it. Um, and then they, they they work very closely with law enforcement as well, and I've done several podcasts with um, American law enforcement. Mm -hmm. um, there's one I did not long ago with the um, head of head of that division in Wisconsin. Okay. Um and you can find that on my podcast as well. Um, Absolutely. His name's Matt, Matt Joy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, there's, I think if, if you are interested, which I'm glad you are, you can back find lots of stuff on my podcasts that I might have forgotten. Okay. It's, it's, it's in, I took a look at it. It looks like you're in the hundreds now. Huh? You've had quite a few uh, yeah. guests on. I've, I've got about, about 120 programs I've got wow. in there. So, that's, yeah, that's quite good. I think statistically, most people, when they start a podcast, seven is the, the, the mean number for, before they, they give up uh, the ghost. Yeah, a lot of times. But I think the passion needs to be there. Um, well, you'll enjoy the psychology of it, actually, because yeah. um, after after all these years, it was, it, it's very heavy stuff. And, you know, I, and I was thinking, God, is this, it? Is this going to define me? So I started a second podcast only a month or two ago, a few months ago, mm -hmm. on poetry. On poetry? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. my total, it's total antithesis of this other stuff, you know? Well, you have, my... you have to be well-rounded. Yeah. Poetry is a... Uh, mm. It is uh, the staff of life, you might say. Yeah. And poetry, mm. the arts, have yeah. A, if you're interested, have a look yeah. at that, because I've just downloaded three prize-winning poets. Um from my part of the world. Um, it's called um, Bard Window, B-A-R-D Window, uh -huh. dot com. Ah, okay. Well, definitely, so, we'll put a link to that as well. Yeah, but, but that's not for today. I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 But, uh, um, yeah, but the human trafficking thing, um, can I read you this for the human trafficking thing? Because I'll absolutely. send it to you if you'll like. Sure. It says, it's to disrupt the operations the economics and the anonymity of human trafficking at source mm -hmm. by partnering with the economic gatekeepers. That's the ones I was describing to you, mm -hmm. such as financial institutions and corporations. If we do that, we can cumulatively intervene in criminal access to financial markets and inhibit their ability in which for traffickers to exploit the vulnerabilities in society. Right. So, they aspire to pioneer necessary change in the approach to trafficking prevention, detecting, reporting, and, and, and collaboration, you know? Okay. So, and that's all on the ATII thing. And, and, you know, I think that would be a, a good read for you if you're interested. 
Yeah, we'll definitely look it up. We'll put a link to that as well. Um, who do you have coming up, or 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 maybe some highlights for your podcast that, that well, you could? Well, um, at the moment, up. he's playing a bit slippery with me, but I'm um, I want the Secretary of State for Education on board. I want I want to get the Minister on, like mm-hmm. our you know cabinet member. Um, I've done a, I did a, a few years ago. I did his predecessor, but um, he's being a bit slippery at the moment, so I'm not sure. But uh, I've had, I also sort of deviate a little bit and do sometimes do smaller charities mm-hmm. um, who I believe in. You know, like one of the last ones I did was um, with the second the the chief executive of Action for ME. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with ME. Um, no, no, please go ahead and, it, and enlighten us. A terrible, a terrible thing there. Actually, hang on, uh, let me get it up. It's um, one of the most hidden and unrecognised um, conditions that there is around. Actually, to be honest, um, it, it it can absolutely cripple people. People don't recognise it, but it, 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 at, at worst, there's tens of thousands of them. Of people suffering who just curl up in their bed every day and can't get out, can't get out of bed, can't do this, can't do that. If you, if you, I'm, I'm, I'll get the name for you in just a second because I always forget. It's a long thingy name. Hang on a second. Okay. Ding ding ding. Oh, here we are. Right. It's uh, myalgic encephalomyelitis. So it has to do with a pain that's brain derived. Yeah, it's um, it it affects about a quarter of a million people in the UK, um, and um, it's 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 a a condition um, in which it 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 affects pain, it affects drive, it affects um, it, it makes you just completely wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get out. You can't do. In fact, I'll be honest with you. They've been deluged recently because people thinking they've got it, but effectively it mirrors of so many of the symptoms of long COVID. Oh, okay. So uh, like fatigue, lack of yeah. drive, and pain, peripheral yeah. neuropathy and things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, these things are. You know, at some point, it, people medical doctors are at a loss for what to what to just name something or describe it i used to work for quite some time at uh the rehabilitation institute of chicago now the shirley ryan ability lab uh Mm. because shirley ryan was nice and gave them a lot of money for a new hospital uh but i worked in their pain management center and it's one of the top pain management if not the top pain management integrative uh treatment centers and oh, I know that, okay. that people people are often just termed as a somaticizer, you know. And the doctor will say, "Well, we can't find anything physically wrong here, uh, <laughs> so this must be." Uh, you know, how, how do you, when you get when you get that granular, like how can you find something if you're that reductionist in what you're looking for, right? But you know something's happening, and you, they they would send them to people like me or people at the Shirley Ryan Ability Labs Pain Center. Um, so it, it's difficult. So this is, this is a newish diagnosis, or is it an old diagnosis? Um, it, it? It's been around for a long time, apparently, but it's one of these ones that people just tuck under the carpet. 
Oh, well, most because, pain, most pain oriented. Diagnoses, yeah, they can't yeah. see it. That's the trouble. Yeah. And so, um, so you had, the, you, be, had yeah. you had someone on, on your, uh, podcast recently discussing this. Oh yeah. I had this, the, the, the woman, Sonia Chowdhury, mm-hmm. and she's the chief executive of action for ME. Okay. Um, but okay. she also has a world position in terms of a worldwide kind of, um, she chairs a worldwide forum for it as well. Ah, okay. Okay. So if you, if okay. you want to look on, look on my podcast at her again, sure. it's not long ago that we, we did that. Um, I'm, I'm just amazed that you're in a city in Chicago where a friend about well, a good acquaintance of mine, um, who presents the social work podcast, Jonathan Singer. I, that, you know, that, an, that does not ring a bell, but I'm, I'm, I think he's an associate professor at one of the universities in Chicago. Oh, okay. I'll have to look him up. And, and he used, he used to be the chairman until recently. I think there's been a big political fallout. I didn't want to get too close to him about this. He used to be the chairman of the American Association of Suicidology. Oh, okay. Okay. And so and he's, he's, he's pod- been presenting the social work podcast longer than I've been presenting my podcast. In fact, he stole the name. <laughs> I was going to do the social work podcast at ah, one point and he okay. already had he already had it. I'm uh, 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 Yeah, I'm not surprised this like domains and names, yes, they <laughs> That would be one you'd want if you were going to do something on social work, that's for sure. But he's certainly a very, very good, um, a very good contact. There's just no, no question about it. He, he's somebody in your locality. If you yeah. want to, fo- if, this is for the future, you know. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, I'm just, hmm. yeah, and um, yeah. So, um, I, don't, I lost up where we were going there. I, I think if it's okay with you, mm-hmm. we can talk about any of that lot, but some of the main issues that I would like to kind of bring up, if it's all right with you, I've been, I've made it a lifetime or a work lifetime passion mm-hmm. about the image of social work in the media, because okay. I've, um, I've, when I got into that national position, I was catapulted into the media with no training at all. And, and, and I um, ended up doing Lots of television, lots of radio, lots of documentaries, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And I only, I, it was only by trial and error that I actually got comfortable with it after years, several years. But the image of social work I've often found in the media is certainly um, negative and it certainly affects the day to day practice of social workers because as you will accept most of the world gets their opinions or their ideas or their information from some form of media or other whether it's broadcast written or social mm-hmm. you know i mean and and so if you're not in the shop window you you're at a disadvantage so you've got to actually capture the shop, shop window in terms of actually promoting social work well, how, how, do you, my, how do you feel it's perceived in, in the UK? And if you can tell us that compared to, do you think it's perceived the same way in the States as it is in the UK? Or, or, but, I'm not but, sure. I th- it, yeah. In, in the States, I do think that social work is marginally seen as more professional than in the UK. I'll okay. give you that. Okay. 
Um, but when I assumed the chair in the UK, oh, this was perfect. The first reporter that came to see me, you know, was in the hotel room the day after I got, or the day I got elected. Hmm. And we talked for half an hour, and I thought I was doing great. I thought, yeah, yeah, great, you know, training, future, blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And then just as he was leaving, he turned to me and he said, I believe you've taken child protection as the theme of your term of office. And I said, yeah, that's right. He said, is there much work to be done? And I said, oh, yes. Thanks very much, he said. Thank you. Off he went. The next day in the newspaper, and it was a big newspaper, page three, headline, New social work chief targets perverts. Oh, well, yeah, all right. Well, that's, that's certainly not a shaming headline for people who are suspect of being perverted, I guess. You, you weren't going, you weren't going specifically after people who practice kink, but uh, yeah, you were, all right. So... Yeah, they had to. I guess they have to to quickly tell people to get people to read. You know, headlines are kind oh, of I know. They have to be grabbing like that. But, but uh, yeah. So I've never it, seen a headline, Scott. I've never seen a headline that says "social worker does good job." No, well, that wouldn't probably sell. But, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, no matter, you know, the the, the so-called two-party system here, no matter who's in office now, the media is like has to sell and it's all based on clickbait. So if it's, if it's a Republican or a supposed conservative, whatever that means in the States now, uh, or a a Democrat and a supposed liberal, they're going to trash who's ever in the office so they can sell papers and, you know. It, it, it's, it is, it's, and it's, it's gotten worse because it's all clickbait. You're not just in the competitions notoriously shifted to the internet. Uh, so I think it's very confusing in America at the moment. It seems, I suppose, I, 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 that's how it seems from here. Everybody, it seems quite oh. confusing at the moment. I'm not quite sure what's coming up. I think we've become deconstructed as a society <laughs> in a lot of ways. We don't know what's going on. Um, uh, and I think people are just kind of fed up with that. I hope people kind of, uh, from my perspective, just become more reasonable and talk with each other rather than hang out and and get upset about things. But that has a lot of economic issues here. I think that uh, that working class people have been uh, ripped off by the shareholders class, and they know it. Mm. So people are still people are well, struggling. People I was working in the States, people were always, at the time, people were complaining about Nixon. Um, You know, he was about to be disgraced. Um, And I I hope it's nothing as bad as, well, it might be, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, back to to the the social work, like perception of social work is that uh, it, it, you're you're a waste of tax money. You're a waste of of of, of the the average person's dollars. Uh, is it? We kill children. We, you know, we kill children. We snatch children from their parents unnecessarily, oh. or alternatively, or alternatively, we don't snatch children and let them get hurt. So it's one or the other. You know, it's like mm. you know, you, you can't you can't win. But what my point has always been is that. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. If we had better local media and, and just practitioners talking about success stories, of which loads happen, you know, um, tomorrow morning when the social worker goes out on a new case where there's been an allegation of a family, say, hurting a child or something like that, mm-hmm. to get them on the doorstep, if there had been in the previous weeks, months, whatever, local news reporting of successes of social work, Mm-hmm. then they would get over the doorstep much easier. It mm-hmm. would be a, a, and, and, and form the trust that's crucial to the practice of social work. Okay. And so I, 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 my point is, you know, get more local good news. Tell people about, but the trouble is here, local authorities are the main employers of social workers, and mm-hmm. they get thoroughly confused between confidentiality and secrecy. Uh, and so they don't let people talk. They don't let the social workers talk because they think they're protecting people. But in a sense, there's plenty of cases they could talk about that wouldn't breach any confidentiality mm-hmm. or would allow people, you know, who are old enough to say, yeah, I, I, it's my choice to, to talk. I'll talk about what, what was good about it growing up in the care system or whatever, you know, I actually had a good social worker that helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. But you don't hear much of that. Nor, you nor yeah, yeah. And, nor, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, I do know some social workers who volunteer. And, uh, and even those who don't volunteer, they put a lot of extra hours in. If you're working at a clinic or you're working for a what here in Illinois is called the uh, DCFS Department of Child and Family Welfare mm. Services, mm. Uh, which is which is the the organ the the part of the government you don't want involved with your family. It's it's there there is no, this there is this there is this like fear of the DCFS sweeping in and uh, swo- swooping in and taking your children, especially in lower income families. Yeah, that can be very much. Uh, 
But it is still a necessary part of the system. And there is a lot of good. I do know a lot of good that gets done uh, from folks who work in that, that area of social work. But that's not the only thing the social workers do. I mean, in the States, at oh, least. Oh, God, no, yeah, no, no. It, we it, provide, it, it, the yeah, social workers yeah. provide therapeutic services. They, they work in 501c3s, you know, which are nonprofits. They, they're, they're, they're doing things and being active administratively in all walks of life. Uh, uh, but it sounds like uh, it, maybe it's, it's one of those things in the UK where uh, it's m more of a boogeyman situation or is it yeah, is it, is it, is yeah. it considered a dirty hands job rather than a clean hands job of I mean, what no 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 uh. no 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 it's better now i mean we've only really been organized as a profession mm -hmm. um properly you know it's been all disparate parts before since about 1970 so you know, the British Association of Social Workers formed in 1970. Before that, mm -hmm. it was things like there was people working on the psychiatric side, people working in hospitals, yep. people working with children, people working with... You know, there's all these different pockets of work. Right. But but it's been more, and it's far more professional training now. It's, it's all like four years university-based. You know, the whole thing is much more standardized and, and, and monitored and, and, and professional. But I, I don't know if you noticed on my background, I'm now, and for a few years, I've been a member of the International Advisory Panel of the Global Institute of Social Work. Oh, okay. Okay. And um, that's um, my, the, my chair of that. The chair of the board is uh, a professor of social work in Singapore. Mm. And we've got lots of people throughout the states in the board. And um, it, the funny thing is, if you look up um, the.gisw.org, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. which is the site of the thing, and you look up the um, about us and it comes to a drop-down menu, is our board, um, you'll see everybody on it has got like an alphabet after their name. Um, you know, <laughs> is he, and lots of American professors and God knows who else, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it comes down to David Niven, podcaster, and this thing. <laughs> it's quite funny, actually. You know? Ah, okay. But, it's a way to break mm, into uh, international societies now by mm, being a, ca a podcaster, obviously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, you, you put your, but you, I like it. It's, it's a good thing to do. I, social work, and I've I, I just done one with a professor, uh, uh, Johnson, in... Um, Johnson Wang, in, uh, he's a Chinese professor, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, he teaches social work in China, and he loves being in China. I yeah. mean, and it, it, he, he, I said, well, where do you live? He, he, and he says, well, I, I live in a, a little city, only about a couple of million people, <laughs> just outside of just outside of Macau, and you know, and um, and that's um, you know that's him, and he, he he flits between there and Hong Kong, where they've got a joint institute. So, and he teaches um, social workers to be frontline responders for tsunamis, earthquakes, etc. Ah, okay. And has okay. done so for about fifteen or twenty years. It's a very good. I want to take his program to the West. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. But again, you can see him in 
podcast 122, that social work in China. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, mm. okay. When when I took a, a a delegation from the British Association of Social Workers mm -hmm. um, to Sri Lanka, um, many years ago, but it's, it's still the same problem in many places today. Um, it was the first international conference. It was the International Federation of Social Workers, and it was the first international conference they'd done in 11 years because the war was still going on with the Tamils. Mm. Um, I mean, the hotel we were in had barbed wire, machine gun bunkers outside yes, it yes, and yes. everything. It was all very dramatic, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, However, in, in London, I had done a lot of work with a guy called Mike Hames, who was um, in charge of the Scotland Yard, the... Um, the paedophile unit at Scotland Yard. And uh, he also chaired the um, Interpol group on the offences against minors, which was a kind of 80-country um, strong thing that met every six months, you know, the senior police officers. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he asked if I would talk to the Sri Lankans when I went out there, and so I did. Um, it was a fascinating thing. They came to our hotel with, big black car and motorcycle outriders and God knows. And the people thought I was being arrested. Hmm. But anyway, they, they took me to the old, because it used to be Salon, of course, under British rule, Sri Lanka. Right. And they took me to the, the Colombo Officers Club, and um, which was full of, you know, deep pile carpets and wall-to-wall -wall Filipino servants and the whole thing. It was all very dark furniture, you know, the whole thing. Then we went into this kind of lecture theater, a very small banked lecture theater uh, in Colombo. Mm -hmm. And um, the head, the chief of police was there, along with many of his superintendents, sat along there. And I was in the one seat at the front on the floor part facing uh -huh. them, and they were above me. Mm -hmm. But in front of me, there was a table full of about 20 little dishes of tapas, you know, different thing type things with the forks pointed towards my chair. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I politely ate a few things and we chit-chatted, and then they clapped their hands, and the superintendents had their wives with them, and they left immediately. And then the chief of police said to me, and I kid you not, he turned to me, and the first thing he said was, well, Mr. Niven, we have a problem, as you know, with um, sex tourism, men from the West coming here to abuse our children. What should we do? And, of course, you know, you, you, you think, well, tell them the truth, which essentially is, look, I'm not sure if you think I've got more influence than I really have here or go for it. So I went for it. And I told him what I thought Sri Lanka should do, which essentially was what Thailand did for heroin trafficking. Essentially make huge, great international ex uh, examples of people, you know, to deter them from coming. Because, I mean, it really was bad then. I used to walk along the beach in Colombo, and within two minutes I was offered children aged under five for the price of a pint of beer. You know, I mean, it was that, you know, it was quite dread dreadful. Um, so I said, look, this is what you should do. And they took it on board, we went away, and I found out not long afterwards that at Colombo Airport, I think it's gone now, but I, this is about 15, 20 years ago, but at Colombo Airport, they put the biggest 
um, sign I think anybody's ever seen, you know, like kind of like, um, what do you call it? You know, like kind of advertising, huge, oh. great thing. Right, 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 right. That billboard, said, billboard, yeah. Billboard, yeah. Welcome to Sri Lanka. If you abuse our children, we guarantee you at least 20 years in horror class accommodation. Mm. Wow. And I thought, right. That's, <laughs> yes, that's very yes, good. Yes, yes. That, that is, so I thought that, there's that, a, that a little probably practical yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I have always had, if you like, a, a great interest in doing anything more that I can to stop it because it's the most horrible thing that men go to the Pacific Rim where they think that little brown children are less valuable than white children. Yeah. And, and, and are the statistics still really horrible? Like, are they still large statistics yeah. for, for child trafficking and pedophilia, like pedophiles? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I think Sri Lanka is improving, but I mean, and Thailand is, is improved. But I mean, you know, all these other countries and of course, South America is, is like, you know, is wide open as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if men, it's not always men, but if mainly men want to abuse children. Um, and the Internet, of course, um, accelerates this these days by a huge margin. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Then well, they yeah. are available. And I mean, so you did mention, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you're speaking of basically talking about the Pacific Rim in South America and Mexico and whatnot, the, mm -hmm. that north-south exploitation um, and the power differential, typically, that, that's asserted there. But also the Internet, uh, what, you know, how is that being exploited right now? You, you mentioned the grooming of children. Uh, mm -hmm. Isn't the Internet kind of sexualizing younger and younger people in general yes. like like yeah i, I, mean, I would agree yeah, yeah. like uh, earlier yeah, and earlier and, and so it might be it's hard to differentiate problem. yeah yeah it is an enormous problem um and people are trying but i think my my personal view is that law enforcement all around the world is managing to keep up in some ways in terms of, um, you know, um, identifying criminality, addressing, uh, you know, uh, organized crime and so on. However, what is still a major problem is when they, for example, there was a, a, a pedophile group seized by American uh, law enforcement that um, had thousands of men involved in it. Mm. And Buried deep in it, there was a real horrible paedophile network that they found that the entry fee for any man to um, become part of it, apart from all the security things that they had to go through, they had to produce 10,000 images of children to get on board. Each man had to. Hmm. And so the scale is just out of this world sometimes. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't stop when they come home to America or to the UK or wherever. I mean, they'll abuse children here. But I think they will go and abuse children where the, it's less likely to be interrupted or less likely to be criminalized, you know, to be arrested. And um, there's massive dark web activity. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, has, I, I assume that the uh, trial of... Uh uh Ghislaine Maxwell has brought some of this to light but maybe not 
Yeah, it, it has, but it's not paedophilia in his case. It, it's just child sexual abuse. I mean, because paedophilia is for prepubescence, you know, really, I think. But, um, but, but from a psychology point of view, which, of course, this is your wheelhouse, um, effectively, the difficulty, for example, in Sri Lanka, the same with drugs in Thailand, the difficulty was you, there's no, um, there's no um, rescue packages in Sri Lanka. There's no social security. Right. Um, so, you know, there's just no money at all if you haven't got work. Mm -hmm. So a man with, say, eight children uh, and all the only income he's got is selling his youngest child. Hmm. And if you interrupt yeah. that, which you've got to do, of course you've got to, you've got to stop that. But it's virtually condemning the rest of the family to abject poverty and starvation. It's these kind of huge issues. You know, you've got to stop the abuse. Well, it's you're, it is, you're, um, you're talking about the economic structure. I mean, um, of a country. Part of the economy is based on, well, I will have X amount of children. If I'm poor, I might give X number of my children up in this mm. manner, right? I mean, in one way, you're saying you, you have to interrupt the poverty level of a country like that. Uh, I've been to India several times, different parts of it, because my wife's Indian. Uh, so I know what the poverty is like in such places, although I'm, mm. I, I don't experience it exactly firsthand because I'm protected from it. But I know that the structure of the society is such that it's like anywhere else. If you, if you, if in the States, um, for instance, you have the shareholder class purchasing the politicians, the politicians pretending to represent the working person, it's not going to last for too long. And that's why we've had such scuttlebutts here uh, politically. People are, people are looking for a strong man to, to represent them who will feed them a bill yeah. of goods. Uh, and people are, people are tired of it. Uh, but if, if you make any shifts in any one direction, people get upset. Uh, and it, would, it, it seems like it has to be a long-term measured process where you need to like insert some kind of a safety net and you'd have to and see the value yeah. of that for society as a whole not just landowners not just oligarchs right but to see the value of that so things are stable and lots of know. places are trying hard there's lots of ngos working hard in all these different places i'm not saying there's not work going on but let's just put it this way um it can't all be dealt with by Angelina Jolie adopting them all. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, not to pick on Angelina and, and, or Bradgelina or whomever, right? Uh, uh, it, it, yes, you are right. You cannot, you could not adopt all of them, right? It's not possible. There has to be something else behind it. Um, and it has to be, um, I think it has to go beyond just celebrities talking about it and raising issues although it's it's grand that if somebody has the time and the passion and the moral inclination to do so uh and they have some mm. and they have some kind of a platform to do it. but yeah it has to be well, good oh, luck if they can yeah, uh, i mean yeah. 
Anyway, um, but what what do you what 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 do you see as the positives that are happening to kind of and you we do have these organizations right you have these these NGOs and whatnot yeah and but what do you see as like as uh, shows of good faith besides what Sri Lanka did with the billboard I mean. Um, oh yeah, I mean, but they're also doing. They did. They did quite a lot. You know, the only thing about the only thing about it, some of these countries, it's very difficult to actually uh, grasp the way they structure themselves. You know, if you're trying to if you're trying to find a place where you can kind of identify whatever. For example, Sri Lanka had ninety government ministries, mm. and the minister for social work was also the minister for roads. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're, a bit, it, was, it was a little bit difficult. But, I mean, but generally speaking, I don't want to focus on them totally, but yeah. generally speaking, awareness raising is good. And it's much better now, much professional, much more professional. But the other issues we mentioned, whether it's human trafficking, whether it's slave-free trade, whether it's children being abducted, whether it's um, uh, you know sex tourism or whatever, right. they're all still huge and they're all still relevant because we live in a society where the strong prey on the vulnerable. There's just no two ways about it. And there's hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and I'm not kidding with the numbers, of children being abused every day in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, millions, I would say. Some people, you know, I, I don't want to get too kind of hyperbolic about it, but it really is a huge, huge issue. Well, it's a huge issue and, because I assume when you're talking about these pedophilia rings, those are children before the age of seven. And as we all know, mm -hmm. attachment forms at 24 months. And after that, mm -hmm. those, those core conflictual relationships, mm. those maps of how to react and, and interact with people kind of become sedimented in our minds uh, by age seven. So you're talking about millions of people who cannot function in society likely or have a great deal of difficulty if they reach majority, right? If they reach 20, 21 years mm. of age, which causes more more poverty, more than likely this cycle, vicious cycle of of disturbed attachment and mental health issues. Uh, and, you know, uh, there was a, uh, if, if you look down the road, there was a study done at Kaiser Permanente in California, a longitudinal study on adverse childhood experiences. And of course, you'd be off the charts if you were in such a situation. And I, I think that that a government needs to make sure that, yes, people need to be made, uh, not just the people who are doing the trafficking, but the people who are selling their children. There has to be, it has to be de-incentivized, right? Yeah, if, if you I, do I have go that along problem, with yeah. that. Yeah, it has yeah. to be. And yeah. I, th I think that stopping the, stopping the trade, stopping the activity uh, will de-incentivize it. There's an economic incentive for, for some people to, mm. horribly as, as, as it might sound, uh, if you're extremely poor, people are commodities and you see people traded and their, their time traded in every day. It's legal in the, in the Northern hemisphere though, the, the, the de-incentivize or the incentivization is, is more like what the criminal justice system would do to you if you're caught rather than right. financial. But 
as a lay person, and I account myself to some degree as that, mm. um, people always say, well, you know, what is a pedophile? You know, what, what, what motivates them? Um, and my answer to that, I don't know if you would agree from a professional point of view, but my, my answer to that always is, well, look, the easiest way for people to understand it is that they are an addict. They're, yep. they're addicted to abusing children. And like most addicts, um, there's no such thing. Um, there's no such thing as cure. It's just control you're, you have to talk about. And instead of like if drugs or drink or whatever, gambling or, or other addictions, a lot can be put on self-control. But with, with child abuse, because the victim is not yourself, the victim is somebody else. Right. Essentially, you've got to have social control as well as self-control. And so the whole issue of banning from certain areas, you know, putting sanctions on people, I mean, lots of things were tried and tested and haven't really worked out very well. The, the, the recidivism rate is huge. For example, things like, um, you know, public, you know, social publication of their names and all that kind of thing. Well, that's OK. But, you know, these guys just pop into the next town to abuse people. You know, if they're known in their own street, you know, they won't abuse in their own street, but they'll go next door to do it. Or they go to the next village to do it mm. or Chemical castration. Well, chemical castration is a bit variable because the issue of, of child sexual abuse is all about power and control as Correct. much as sexuality. Yeah. And and so you've got all these sort of things floating around, you know. So, But you do need to have, I think, control from society for that as well as um, self-control that can be helped and taught as well along with it. But... It's not the same as other addictions, but that's what it is. They'll never not want to abuse children. Right. And and how do you how do you help a person? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it, and, and I would even say, you know, uh, my brain goes right to etiology. It's probably because they were abused as a child in some fashion or it was. Yeah, that's often. I think you might no, you're see right. that I a lot. I think you're yeah. right that there are some like that. I, 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 my only caution on that is that the general public thinking that that's the only creator right, right. I, and, and I, I, I don't think that's the case really but it's just right they just uh, it's a sex addiction that is specifically right it's mm. more um fetishizing of children yeah whatever mm. the reason whatever the origin of it but we'll keep fighting we'll keep pushing you know and people after me will you know i, I mean for the next 150 years maybe <laughs> Well, I, I, it's probably one of those things. Yeah, we, you, you, it will always be a need to, to, to deal with it, especially as societies become more monolithic and uh, uh, people are, are less. You know, they, they live in fewer villages, or people moving into the village might be from another country. Or you know, it's very anonymity is is shaping the globe right now, and I don't think that's particularly healthy. Uh, no. And it's been doing that for maybe the last 20, you know, 100 years or so. Can well, I suggest a couple of people for you, you might want to follow up with in your country? Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, like I mentioned, I mentioned Matt Joy, mm -hmm. who's with the Wisconsin Department of Justice. The, right. the, the, he's a special agent, you mm -hmm. know, uh, who investigates Internet crimes against children. Yeah. And he's on my podcast number 109. Mm hmm. And then there's one more recently, a guy called Matthew, uh, Joseph Laramie, mm -hmm. 
who's uh, the program manager at your National Criminal Justice Training Centre at Fox Valley, uh, and I'm not sure oh. exactly where that is. Um, do you know okay. that one? Um, is here, yeah, here Internet in... Crimes Against Children. Okay. In, 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 Just, in, in, you know, is, is that here in Illinois, is what you're saying? Oh, uh, is it? Well, right. Yeah. I yeah, mean, Fox he's... He's there, hundred okay. number one hundred and sixteen. <laughs> I could I could just put links to your podcast and listen to it. No, I, <laughs> um, help yourself, Scott. Yeah, you just help absolutely. Yourself. Well, uh, we could probably wrap right. up here. I, 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 David, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening, uh, my morning here in Chicago. The podcast is social world podcast the social world yeah, podcast. One word, it's the, the social world podcast and uh much other things on there besides uh the issue of human trafficking mm. as well yeah as you can oh, tell yes. from, yeah. from our conversation yeah. so and and there's a poetry podcast let's give you a plug for that uh, as well because because that bard is that's, window. what is that the bard no, win, bard I'm, window and it's free and I, I welcome poets who want to be published coming and they can publish themselves on it and I'll only moderate it if they turn out to be Nazis or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Bard Winyog is it is. All right. Well, thank Bard you. Bard so, Window. Yeah, Bard yeah. Window. Thank you so much, uh, David. All the best. And uh, we'll put links to your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Psychology Talk podcast. This podcast is intended for informative and entertainment purposes only. If you need a mental health professional, please seek one out. All material, copyright, the Psychology Talk podcast. Music is provided by the oddly Italianate named band Serenati. Ciao. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.